Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unleashing Possibilities podcast. This is Mark, and I have Christy here. Hi, everyone. So we are recognizing that um, right now is an opportunity to help bring back another episode that we've recorded in the past, one that a lot of mentors have shared is really valuable. And um, instead of creating kind of a new podcast, something else, we thought, how can we just be intentional about maybe going back to something in the archives and um, inviting us to, to listen to it from maybe a different lens, a different perspective, a different place in our lives, and maybe see what connections we might make this time that we didn't make the first time we listened to it. So here we are in a world pandemic of COVID-19. And more than likely, there's been times that we are in the drama of the pandemic, taking on the role of persecutor, victim, um, and rescuer. We may be feeling that about the pandemic itself. Uh, we may be feeling it about economy, healthcare, political figures. And as we're hearing and listening to you mentors, we may be even taking it on about our youth who we're feeling disconnected from in this period of time. So we invite you to take a listen to one of uh, our most listened to podcasts again in this fresh lens as Mark invited you to do of thinking about how am I stuck in the drama and is there an opportunity, a choice point, a shift that I could be making in my life right now to shift to coach, creator, and challenger and how could that be part of bringing healing to the world right now? So uh, we will now be playing that podcast and uh, we thank you for listening and we'd love to hear any feedback because we always do about what you're noticing. Uh, you can share it with your program coordinator and do all that stuff as well too. Enjoy. So happy listening. Yeah. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Unleashing Possibilities podcast. Once again, this is Mark and I have Christy here with me. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back with you all. So today we want to talk about the power of TED. And when you hear the word TED, you think, what the heck is TED? Well, TED stands for the empowerment dynamic. And it's something that we've been talking about here at New Pathways for quite a while. And uh, it's a great process and tool that we use here at New Pathways and we wanted to bring that to you today because we think this could be a great uh, opportunity for deeper understanding of a framework that we use here at New Pathways. And so, Christy, I know you have uh, kind of a backstory here of how um, we kind of got introduced to TED, and I'd love for you to share that with our mentors. Yeah, actually, uh, I was on vacation three or four years ago now, and um, someone had recommended to me that I read this book called The Empowerment Dynamic, that it sounded like something that might be of interest in your pathways. So I was literally laying on the beach reading this book called The Empowerment Dynamic, which is a fable. And uh, I was just blown away because it was like, this is what we do at New Pathways. And it was another way of thinking about it. I could see the concepts already embedded in our curriculum. And what I really loved about the book is it just framed it in a very ready tool of application. Uh, I brought it back and uh, 
some of the staff and I started talking about how we would weave this into our curriculum, how it weaved into our conversations with mentors and youth. And then it hit us that um, this wasn't something to be applied. It was something to be practiced in our culture here at New Pathways and in our way of being as staff. And it lent an unbelievable focus uh, for all of us of what we're really up to and what sometimes gets in the way, which is oftentimes ourselves. And we could see that um, really with our youth, that what they were really up to and said they want, and then what oftentimes got in the way were themselves. And candidly, I could start looking at it as a mentor about what I really wanted with my mentee um, in helping her achieve the goals she said she wanted, and then how oftentimes I was in a... um, a role with her that was destructive or inhibiting of that and it really caused a self-reflection process in my mentoring relationship in my work here at new pathways in my relationships here and in my relationships um, outside of new pathways uh, and really helped me start to gain what i'm really up to and so we as staff have adopted this and it's led to some of the most productive um, periods uh, for new pathways and some of our greatest outcomes ever And ironically, in the midst of all of this, I happened to attend a leadership seminar, not knowing what the breakout topics were, uh, with the developers of the empowerment dynamic and some folks trained in this work. And it was being applied to workplace and how to integrate it into the workplace setting for a healthier, uh, more um, uh, outcome-driven impact. And so I would say that's all been very true for New Pathways. And I'm excited today. Uh, to share it with our mentors as a framework for thinking about and observing and noticing their youth and how they might show up in relationship to issues that are going on and their goals. And then also to invite the reflection of how do we show up in these ways as mentors in our mentoring relationship or in just everyday life and what might open up for all of us uh, through today's podcast topic. Awesome. So The Power of Ted has been around for quite some time, uh, and uh, it's a great book, so I'd encourage you to check it out. It's by David David Emerald. And so today we're going to give you a little bit of an overview of The Power of Ted, and then we'll dive deeper into how we apply this in our relationships, and specifically into our mentoring relationships. So The Power of Ted in the book, it really talks about the importance of recognizing the role that you're in. And Christy, you referenced that here um, just a bit ago. And one thing that we can do to help us to recognize what the role is, and we'll dive into the roles here in a bit, is to start asking ourselves some fundamental questions. And in the book, they call these the three vital questions. And so the first one is, where am I putting my focus? So what am I focused on? What am I worried about? What am I thinking about? Am I focusing more on the problems Or am I actually focusing on the outcomes and what it is that I want? Another question that we can ask ourselves, the second vital question is, how am I relating to others? How am I relating to my experience or my situation? And how am I I relating to myself? So am I in a state of producing or perpetuating drama? Or am I relating to others in a way that I'm empowering those and I'm empowering myself to be more resourceful, be more resilient, be more creative, more innovative. And the third vital question is, what are the actions that I'm taking? Am I simply in a reactionary state and just reacting to the problems? Or am I creating by actually taking baby steps to solve the problem that are ultimately getting to the desired outcome that I want? 
So by asking ourselves these three questions, we can start to get a feel for really where are we at. And in The Power of Ted, they talk about really two different uh, areas that we can be. One is called the DDT or the Dreaded Drama Triangle. And the other one is TED or the Empowerment Dynamic. And so Christy, I'd love for you to to dive a little bit deeper into the DDT and share with us um, how might we know if we're in the dreaded drama triangle? Well, the first way to start identifying is that very first question. Am I, where am I putting my focus? Am I focused on the problem or am I focused on the outcome? So the, if the answer to that question is uh, I'm looking at the problem, then we are likely in the dreaded drama triangle or DDT. And for our mentors that, like myself, have been around for a while, uh, you might be familiar with the Cartman Triangle, and this work evolves out of that and takes that a further step in the world of psychology. Um, But the dreaded drama triangle or DDT is when we are problem-focused, and we show up typically in three roles when we're problem-focused. We either show up in the role of victim, which sounds a little bit like, poor me, I'm not responsible, I don't have any power, I can't do anything about it. Um, And the characteristics of the victim are really an unwillingness to take responsibility for the self or circumstances. The um, second role that we could be in, or another role we could be in in the um, dreaded drama triangle or in the problem focus is as persecutor. And that's where we uh, quickly go to um, the aggressive assigning of blame and um, kind of feeling self-righteous or threatened or defensive or angry. And in the persecutor role, it sounds a little bit like, it's your fault. Uh, I do everything around here. What's the matter with you? What were you thinking? Why did you do that? And then the um, third role of problem focus lands, or the dreaded drama triangle, is rescuer. And the rescuer looks to shield others from the consequences of their own actions And when we're in that mindset, it allows us to actually feel needed, responsible, and attached, uh, and powerful and superior. And so all of those can bring about what we think of as good feelings for ourselves, but they actually keep us in the problem and keep the other person in the problem. And that sounds a little bit like, let me help you. I'll make it okay. Uh, Let's not fight. Or I feel bad for you. And um, I think that as helpers that come to mentoring, we come because we want to help, but it's really easy and tempting to end up in the rescuing role where we're actually not creating lasting, self-generating outcomes uh, with our youth beyond the immediate issue that that we're working with them in as a rescuer. And our goal of New Pathways is to leave our youth more self-generating, with more capacity for all of life and to be up to what they want in life at all times, which means if we're staying in rescuer, we're likely keeping our youth in the problem. Um, again, there's other, the, the problem of, or the focus of victim and persecutor also keeps us there. But I point out as rescuers, it's really easy to go there and feel really justified in that role specifically. And I would say that for myself as a mentor, I have noticed over the last few years that there, there is a tendency for me to want to step in to that rescuer role. And so um, seeing my mentee as helpless in some situations and um, that that's my role. My role is to jump in and to save the day and to fix the day. And, um, and that's coming from a place of saving versus actually empowering and helping the shift. And that's the great thing about getting introduced to this is really recognizing 
wow, like I generally tend to step into that, that rescuer role. Um, and what's been interesting is realizing too, that while there might be a default role that we tend to maybe go into, we can very easily slide through the DDT with the same person in the same situation or the same experience. And so I can very much go from a rescuer. Um, and if I feel like the victim maybe isn't, uh, or the mentee in this situation isn't really accepting my, my, uh, coaching or accepting my, my saving and rescuing and support, then I may quickly jump into the persecutor role and, um, come down really hard and how are you not listening to me? I have all the answers and, and really reinforce that, that victim state. I think another way we do it as mentors, I've done it as a mentor and I hear it in conversations with their mentors is that look at everything I've done. I'm here to help you. Why are you not taking my help? And if you really look at what that sounds like, that actually is us being the victim as the mentor. And, um, and so poor me that you haven't appreciated me. You haven't valued me. Um, and then when our youth aren't experiencing the outcomes that we want them to, then we actually take on a, I'm not responsible. Well, that's on them. They didn't do it. Um, they didn't do what I told them to do. Again, kind of in a victim and sliding a little bit, as you can tell, in persecutor. So I think your point's well taken, Mark. I, I share that to demonstrate, because I've said all those things as a mentor, to demonstrate how quickly we can slide, not even within hours, but literally within seconds between victim, persecutor, and rescuer. And um, rescuers oftentimes default to victim when others don't um, receive their help. Uh, the way that intended, and then spend a little bit of time in victim and then quickly move to persecutor. So it is a very, um, it's a cycle that we can get into. And, but the pieces is noticing when we're there and realizing that we are focused on problem and that we can actually start to move out of that by asking the other questions. How am I relating to others, my experience, um, and the outcomes and to myself and if I notice how I'm relate, relating what the empowerment dynamic offers, which is the antidote to being in the dreaded drama triangle, it starts to offer the opportunity to switch and to actually start moving toward actions of possibility that open up the world instead of closing it the way the dreaded drama triangle does. Absolutely. And so within the empowerment dynamic, there are three roles that we can take within it. The first one is the creator. And so this is really the central role within Ted. And, and is the antidote to the victim. Yes. I think this is an important piece as we go through the, the empowerment dynamic, if we could share with our mentors, that each of the three empowerment dynamic roles are an antidote to one of the other dreaded drama triangle roles. And so what's really powerful about that is when you notice where you are or where you notice your youth are, then you have an opportunity to actually start the switch um, by um, thinking about which role would be the antidote in that situation. So uh, thank yeah. you but that, that you're sharing that prompted me to say the creator is the antidote to victim. So tell us about creator. What is the mindset and what, what does it look like when it's in practice? Yeah, so the creator is really focused on outcomes. They're really focused on accepting responsibility for oneself, respecting the responsibility for the circumstances and the situation that they're in. And um, they're really shifting around this mindset of, you know, I'm capable, I'm confident, 
I'm resourceful, and I'm resilient. And this is about uh, recognizing that we can take baby steps to help shift and change the situation and the environment in which we're in. And that's much different than a victim who feels helpless and stuck. And I think what's also important to note about this is the way it sounds. It sounds like I choose. I take responsibility for my part. Um, the outcome I'm going to create is. Um, the vision I'm committed to is. And I'm leaning into getting um, as much as I can from this difficult situation. I think it's also important for us to note for um, our mentors and our work here at New Pathways that I've had to remember is our youth come from very difficult circumstances, and they actually are victim to a lot in life, um, abuse, etc., um, or even just uh, poverty in the systems that keep our families in poverty. So there really is victimization that happens with our youth. And when we're talking about victim in this way, we're talking about how do we start develop our youth's capacity that they have choice. And this takes really small baby steps with the, with the population we serve. Um, otherwise, we end up victimizing them more um, around the true victimization that exists in their life. So if we don't give room for the healing to happen um, before we start talking about the power of choice, the youth don't have access to that. So this is an important piece to understand in our work is um, that this, this switching to creator is about starting to open possibility of choice and seeing that they may not be able to choose the abuse that's occurred, that's in the past, but they can start choosing how they relate to it. So back to that key question, um, those top three questions you mentioned at the beginning, how am I relating to it? Am I giving myself time to heal? Am I giving myself time to process? And am I giving myself time to really think about what I want to learn from this difficult situation and apply in life? So this is not the opposite of victim of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That actually is more of a persecutor way of talking and thinking with our youth, but really talking about what they want to create out of this situation is what the shift between victim to creator is. So I, I know I've spent a little bit more time on this one, but this is one's really important of understanding when real victimization is present. This isn't a pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's really exploring very deeply nurturing in a loving way of what possibilities could exist now. And I'm glad that you did dive a little bit deeper into that because I think that's really important to understand and to think about and remind ourselves as mentors that this is very much a mindset shift and very much to your point, you know, our youth coming from poverty and from those average childhood experiences, um, for many of them, they think that this is just the way my life is, it's fate, and this is how I'm stuck. Um, so it is, it's a shift. So the next role is the role of the challenger, which is the um, antidote to the persecutor. And so when I'm in the challenger mode, uh, this is where I'm helping to inspire another person to create. Um, and so I'm helping them to, um, I feel clear, I feel confident, I feel centered, and I feel committed. And so the challenger often is helping to kind of motivate, empower others to really make difficult decisions. And um, and it's interesting to think about, like, it could, like, when I think about these, the role of persecutor and challenger, it's tough to be like, well, what's the true difference? Um, and it really is about the intention. What is my intention in this role? Am I trying to keep this person down, um, feel, you know, putting blame on them, or am I pushing them in a way that's about 
helping them to become a creator. Yeah, the challenger really is, um, I, I, the word challenger makes us think we're kind of confronting, but it's not a confrontation role. It's a um, really a role of inquiry, of exploring what are the possible decisions that could be made, the pros and cons of it. So in showing up in that way of, um, I believe you're better um, than, than the situation and how do we find solutions for it, um, the helping point out that this is clearly an opportunity that you, I believe you have the capacity to step up for. When we show up in those ways, what we're really doing is calling forth learning and growth. And um, we're provoking an action with love and kindness uh, with the intention of helping move someone forward when they're ready to move forward. Um, And it's really about knowing that they can do it, not just giving language of you can do it, but really knowing in our heart that we see the other person as whole, resourceful, and creative, and that they have the capacity uh, and that we're there to help navigate that. And the third role is the role of coach. And so this is the antidote to the rescuer role. And when we're in the coach role, we really support others by encouraging them to learn from their own experiences and their own actions. And it's here where we have the mindset that um, one feels supportive, non-attached, really optimistic, and we have a sense of contribution. So it's really about um, helping to ask empowering questions that get people to think, to reflect, and then to really get clear on what might be my next steps. What's the way out and how do I take action? And what I love about the coach role, um, it's my favorite one to be in, actually. And I know when I'm there because I have such energy from it. And when I'm in the coach role, it doesn't presume that I know the answer for my youth. It presumes I'm in discovery with them. And I'm asking questions that help them discover and pull back and fold back. Um, so it's the really getting clear that when my mentee brings something to me that's problem-focused, that... Simply asking the question oftentimes of what is it you really want and helping, and I keep asking that until it gets to kind of a solution or an outcome focus versus, well, I want them to stop doing that. That's her staying in kind of the the dreaded drama triangle. But if I keep asking the question, what is it you really want? And we really oftentimes then are able to uncover, well, I want to get an A on this test instead of I want my teacher to stop um, um, criticizing me. So, well, let's get focused on how we get an A on the test. And then it brings the responsibility into her role of, well, I need to study. So the baby steps suddenly become clear. To get an A, I need to study. I might actually need to talk to my teacher about the questions I don't understand. Um, and so I've used just an, a school example, but this is in all of life with our family members that I want my mother to be more loving. Um, I hear that from, um, some of our youth a lot, or I want uh, my friends to just like me. Well, but what is it you really want? I, I want to be in relationship with someone. Okay, now we can get up to what the next baby steps are because you can own that. And so I might need to practice better listening skills. I might need to um, actually convey my sincere emotions to someone else. Um, I may need to be more patient. I may need to be less judging. So I can now start creating baby steps around what it is I really want. So I love the coach role. Uh, When we're in it, it's always asking what I really want. And I don't presume to know the answer as coach. I'm in it with you in discovery. 
um, and that um, what um, what and the exploration of what we see as options. And as coach, I can also start to point out what might be missing, what need to, needs to be added. Again, not because I have the answer, but because I'm in dialogue with you and I can start to see possibilities in this dialogue um, to bring to the table as ideas. Yeah, so true. And the key is that, uh, so as we, we've seen, is we can rarely recognize the roles that we're in as mentors and... Uh, you know, we're stuck in the dreaded drama triangle. Like I said, we're in that cycle. And so it really is about pausing, reflecting, how am I relating to others, and then making the conscious shift of, I want to shift into TED and the empowerment dynamic. And I really want us to be focused on outcomes and not on problems. Yeah. So Mark, in a quick summary, if uh, we offered this to, as we I guess we have offered it. We spent the last 15 minutes offering it. There's um, three real distinctions that live between the data drama triangle and the empowerment dynamic. And that are that those distinctions are attention. Where is, I my, where is it that I'm putting my attention? Um, intention. How am I relating to others? Am I relating to my core intention? And the third distinction is results. What actions am I taking? Am I taking steps toward the results that I want or actions that actually take me further away from the results? So I hope that as we've uncovered or shared more of the empowerment dynamic today with our mentors and the work of David Emerald around this, that you can see uh, this process at work in the New Pathways curriculum and bring it more into observing how your youth are showing up. Are they focused on the problem or outcome? And then knowing as the mentor, once you've made that observation, you're on the ready with the antidote, and you have access to the antidote and the challenger, the coach, and the creator. And I think it would be great if we could upload um, a document about the core practice sheet of the the practices to to our portal so our mentors have access to that today. Yeah, we definitely can do that. And I would love for you to continue to have these conversations with your program coordinator and talk more about the roles. And I know they would welcome a conversation to really identify what is the the central role that you maybe take or the default role you take. And, you know, when do you know that you find yourself in the DDT? When do you know you see your youth in the DDT? And if they're in the DDT, what role might you be playing in relation to that? And what are some ways that we can help shift ourselves out? And a lot of times it's through the questions that we ask. What is our intention? Um, what are the actions that I'm wanting to drive here uh, that can help us to do that? Make and that when shift. we make that shift, that's what we're up to at New Pathways. What we're up to at New Pathways is the long-term outcome of possibility for our youth and that we have to continuously make the shift throughout the relationship and the life of our match and the life of the friendship we've created with our young people. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited that we got to share this framework with our mentors, and uh, I love. I would love to hear these conversations continue beyond um, just this podcast and into any space that I'm in. And I know, Christy, you welcome these conversations yes. as well, too, because uh, it is such a powerful framework that really mm-hmm. can lead to productive action and results, and it really does take some self-reflection in that process. And I invite all of our mentors in your next um, support call with your program coordinator, uh, share an experience of where you noticed yourself in the dreaded drama triangle and how you switched to the empowerment dynamic. And as well as share an experience of where you observed your youth and how you perhaps helped make them, uh, invited them to make the shift 
to the empowerment dynamic. I look forward to hearing from our program coordinators about your experiences implying the power of TED. Thank you all for listening, and until next time, keep unleashing possibilities.